0: Hello dear heart, welcome to the Flourishing Practitioners Podcast where we talk all things about space holding, caring for our clients and succeeding in our businesses. We explore the wisdom from coaches, counsellors and healers. My name's is Gabrielle Walker and I'm so honoured that you're here. Let's dive in. Beautiful humans. So this particular episode is with Harold Turk, who is a Māori trained practitioner, chiropractor and life coach in LA. We recorded this in 2020 during the Rahui or lockdown period of COVID. This was part of my podcast started. And so this is a legacy recording. What really inspired me to talk to Harold has not changed. I respect and honour him so much for the wisdom he offers. He's a sharp shooter, a straight shooter. He has encouraged me and also felt like a presence in my life, even though we don't talk that often. So I am glad to be able to share him with you. And I am a person who really respects those from other cultures who want to learn about Māori healing and That's part of the reason that I wanted to speak with Harold. Some of my first students aren't Māori and are divine practitioners. I respect them so much. I honor the work they've done. I've received beautiful sessions from them and also a lot of good feedback from their clients. And for me, that healing of the world is really important. I know for a lot of people, hearing from non-Māori practitioners can bring up a lot within you. This is part of the reason I asked Harold to talk because it's a discussion we have a lot as part of Akuturo Whanui, our Māori healing training with both Māori who... Maybe feel a little bit disconnected from culture or they grew up in Australia and didn't have that opportunity to connect with their tūrunga waiwai, their place to stand, their marae, their Fano. They may not know things for, for a variety of reasons and for non-Māori people, Aboriginal people from Australia or white people here, Wajala, Pākehā, who have chosen to learn Māori healing. Uh, this this for me was part of my curiosity at this time with this particular interview. As you'll be gathering over these podcasts, over these discussions, I am someone who's so curious about the world and the different minds and energies and ways of thinking that we have. I'm so aware that what I know and guide and share is only the tip of the iceberg and for me this was a really beautiful discussion and I love the way we wove and how it's gone so please enjoy it's cool to uh chat it feels like a lifetime since we talked last time actually in terms we of everything not, that's changed
1: in the world it's we haven't chat we ha- i'm actually looking here
0: so so for those who are listening um harold is a Maori trained healer uh chiropractor and private coach and weaves all those together in a healing uh, modality that he shares and you're based in
1: los angeles
0: los angeles um
1: hey everybody Um uh, <laughs> thanks for having me on gabrielle uh what was i gonna say Didn't, we met on instagram
0: i think so yeah, yeah yeah one or other of us reached out
1: was seeing what the other was posting probably what a year ago and the people that are listening are they uh, practitioners and clients um, and, so in uh, terms
0: like, of how I am framing um, these questions, for me, they're largely directed towards practitioners because I want to um, uplift people into, well, first realising that they're their own healer, but secondly, uh, opening people to that understanding of, of what it does mean to be a practitioner as they step into that space because that's something I felt I desired largely when I became okay.
1: And by the way, for everybody listening, if you sense just a little fatigue in me or a little sarcasm, I am always playful, but I'm just a little ripe. It's the end of the week and I'm a little crispy with uh, fatigue. So don't hold it against me. But yeah.
0: I can't remember exactly how we connected, but what uh, draws me to you in terms, of especially when I started... Uh, training was that a lot of the people I'm training here in Australia aren't Maori healers and um, so no we're not indigenous or that people some half of the people I'm training here aren't indigenous to uh, New Zealand but they're from Australia and I think it's called for people to have a different perspective that's not the purely uh, we would say Kopapa or tikanga which is the indigenous perspective of way of things, and just hear how you experience the healing and things like that. So share a little bit about you, your journey, how you got into whatever comes forth.
1: For those who see me, I might have a tan, but I am not Maori. I'm 48 now. I started this work, learning this work when I was 29. You know, when the uh, student arrives, the teacher will appear. And that is true. And that's happened a few times in my life. And so quite frankly, shit was hitting the fan in my life. When I was 29, a lot of stuff was going down. I'm a chiropractor by degree. The guy I was working for was committing insurance fraud and doing really weird shit. And it dragged me into it, which created a lot of anxiety and fear. And when he got busted, you know, they started looking at anybody associated with him that had me freaked out. I was a brand new chiropractor, brand new license. And so I was having this anxiety attack in my office. I had this anxiety like, Oh shit, this is going to come back to haunt me. And I went to this woman at the request of my buddy, Jeff. He had spoke about this woman before. Well, he'd be just coming back from his appointment with this woman that I'm talking about who is his therapist, but she would be adjusting his neck. And I'd be like, what the hell? Like in chiropractors, just for those that don't know, we're very proprietary. Like we don't like non-chiropractors doing adjustments like that because then something goes wrong and we get busted for it. You know, I would adjust his back. and I say, well, what about your neck? He's like, oh, my therapist already did it. And so he explained who she was for like a brief second. I dismissed it. And then one day back to the story where I'm having this anxiety attack, How can I have this cathartic experience where I'm like, oh my God, I'm so screwed. I need to go see that woman. She could teach me what she does. By the time I lose my license, I'll be just proficient enough to start doing this work. That literally is this voice, what it said to me. And I picked up the phone, I called my buddy Jeff, and he's laughing at me. I'm like, Jeff, I'm having anxiety. And And I said, He said, I've been telling her about you for a year. Me? Why? And he would say, uh, oh, I have this crazy chiropractor friend, Harold, you should teach. He's just nutty enough to learn this work. But so I'm like, whatever, Jeff, give me your number. So I went to go see her the very next morning. You know, never been to a therapist, a talking therapist, never had massage or body work. And I went to go see her at her home. And she was just this white woman who I thought was just going to kind of talk to me and then do this body work. And needless to say, you know, she asked me basic questions about my life. I was, it was not very profound, Gabrielle. Uh, I was not very articulate. And she'd (laughs) ask me, was I happy? Did I like my business partner? Did I like what I was doing? And I was like, I swear, I was just not used to somebody intimately asking me these questions because that's not how I grew up. And she was sipped her cappuccino, finished her toast, And then by the time we were done with our lack of a conversation, she's like, you want to come up on the table? I said, sure. She's like, well, what if the work is really intense? And I said, no problem. I'm an athlete by nature, very physical. And so she said, well, what if it should hurt? And I go, yeah, no problem. I have a high pain uh, tolerance. She's like, well, that might not be such a good thing, but okay. And so I jumped up on the table and I don't even remember when she worked on my back at backside at all. But when she flipped me on my front, there's this woman standing over me and like over my face, and she's going to start working on my jaw. Well, she starts getting into my jaw, Gabrielle, and like maybe she's inches from my face. And she has got her thumbs cranking in there, and I'm like, turning into the fucking Hulk. And I'm like, but I I didn't cry. And I didn't scream. But I was swelling. And I got up off the table, put my shirt on and started heading down her gravelly driveway. You know, I can, and I felt like I was floating across the driveway. And you know, I can hear the crunching of the, the stones on her driveway. And I was like, uh-oh, why didn't I cry or scream? And my body in, immediately registered, that's not good. And so I looked over my shoulder and I looked back at her and I said, hey, um, see you next week? And she said, yep. I ended up going back every week for five years straight. I'm a very physical person, I, I, athletic, very physical person, handling me everything with my body. Um, I'm a very sensitive person, but I was not very good at expressing my feelings verbally. Mm -hmm. That was my weakness. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to make it sound like I'm a tough guy, but like, you know, if I had a verbal disagreement with somebody and they called my mother a name, like it would just be a fight. I would swell and it would just be a fight. I just didn't have that. But I realized out of this body work that I was very proficient at the physicality but my passion was in the emotional aspect of healing. And then I quickly realized I was very good at connecting the two worlds. I could connect how someone is sort of stuck emotionally and energetically and how it relates to every area of their physical life. I could just see it, uh, whether it's their career, money, relationships, uh, their health, you know, whatever was going on, I saw, oh, okay. This is what's going on emotionally and energetically. No wonder why this is going on with this area of their physical life. So for the sake of the practitioner, the mentorship was technique and getting worked on. That's, that's how you learn the work. You have to get worked on. You cannot just learn the technique. Yeah.
0: yeah. Do you think we can hold for our clients the depth of what we've held for ourselves? In a way, which is like how the getting worked on interrelates?
1: Uh yeah, to the depth that you know we receive the work, we're able to hold the space for other people, for sure. That's the exact relationship to how the work goes. To the level that we've worked through things, we have the ability to do that with others and see it in others. Yeah, just to bridge the gap for anybody listening. So that first teacher was my teacher for about five years. I lost my license for the sake of a fun story. I ended up losing my chiropractic license from 2003 to 2007. That premonition was correct. I fought to keep it. I lost it for four years. It was the worst time in my life. My heart was totally broken. My identity was totally fractured. I was going to see that teacher for major intensive therapy, mostly through the body work. I was was just so much was pouring out of me. The depth that I was doing the work on was insane. Her daughter and her son would hear me in the house from the guest house like plenty of times. And, you know, those were the good old days. So I did five years of intensive cathartic work just pouring out all the shit. And it what soon looked like just healing what, with the devastation of losing my license ended up sort of looking back toward, you know, my growing up and all that came out in the wash too. So she retired, she was done, cold turkey. Soon as I got back my license in 2007, she retired. She was done. A year later, I ended up meeting the Maori. So that's all I knew, and I knew about their relationship very intimately, 25 years of learning from this guy, and now she's teaching me. That's all I knew. Till one day, a year later when my teacher retired, I have a mentor who only does talking and he asked what I did for a living. I told him and he goes, Oh, you do Maori healing. Holy shit. He goes, Oh God, I had that done. He's like, I I screamed bloody murder. And he said, and uh, he said, uh, yeah, they, they stick, they put sticks in you and, and they jam this in you and you scream and cry. I go, yeah, basically I'm, I never heard the word Maori healing. So I went home, I went into YouTube, I typed in Maori Healing, and there was this one video, at the time, one video, and it was a well-produced, looks like a documentary trailer to these indigenous people, and it was Ata, Terrence, and Manu, and Papa Joe. And so I wrote the woman who made that. She just happened to be 10 minutes from me, and she met me for coffee, and, she's, and I basically asked her like, who are these people? She said, it's the Maori. Why don't you go uh, see them? They'll be here in Topanga in two weeks. So I went, the cultural aspect. I didn't know where my work came from. I just thought it was from my teacher and from her teacher. So one day I show up to a session in Topanga, this large room, I was taught one-on-one, you know? And I do it one-on-one. But then I show up to this big room, four four or five practitioners, four or five people on the table or on the floor with Terrence, four or five people that just got off the table, four or five people waiting to get on, babies walking back and forth. It was a party. And I was like, what the fuck is going on here? I I look more shocked than I really am. But like, uh, you know, Atta said, hey, have you had body work like this? I said, yeah, five years. I do it for a living. It's really really intense. She's like, great, you'll go with my son. So I went on the floor. Terrence worked on me. Really intense. Not so different from my teacher. The moves were different. The effect was the same. And I sat up against the wall and it just hit me. I go, this is where the work comes from. These are my people. And that's that. It clicked.
0: Click. How have you found that aspect of um yeah, like learn, learning the bodywork on one hand, but also the cultural aspect of it. And how do you find that as an a important piece of it or that you can hold them separate?
1: Wow. Oh, man. Oh, I don't even know how to, to be honest, I don't even know how to answer well, My first teacher was American. Yeah. yeah. So, but with Manu and Atta, who are Maori, uh, what I feel when I learn from them, they have different personalities. First of all, uh, even Terence, Atta's son. So the three of them I'll just speak of like the Maori, those are my three teachers. Um, they have very different personalities. So I have it in a couple different levels. I feel it where there's personality differences and how they teach. There's the technique and then there's this like dreamy aspect to like the culture like what's appropriate what's not what moves are appropriate for the feminine the masculine what's not there's some certain technical stuff that i can get straight answers to but then there's a, a cultural aspect to an american it's uh, i may not be tip i'm not typical but i can feel the cultural teaching too get woven in where there's some sort of sense or feeling that i have to start to understand with the way the the maori talk about you know their land Mm. and nature Mm. like to americans typically it's like huh like what how does that have to do with the technique Mm. so there's a there's a gap right there's a gap the big gap there so for me, I'm always sort of like going, hmm, what are they saying?
0: Many non-Mauri or non-Indigenous people will relate to that in terms yeah. of um, like, or even being like, we, we constantly talk about our tīpuna or our ancestors, right? And they'll be like, I don't even know yeah, where it's, it's from, it's, where's my land from? And, and sort of, echoes can be a bit polarizing in that way.
1: Or elders.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: That's a big thing. You know, I have to check in with the elders if that's okay. I'm like, what? What? Yeah, exactly. So all those things.
0: Yeah, I guess for me, because I grew up within the culture, so my brain can't conceptualize this practice without that. So that's why I'm so curious about how other people receive it. And I've seen within my own trainees that they are amazing. And because they don't have some of the cultural dogma, you know, like ba- sometimes it's baggage that we. Carry. I
1: can learn the. I can. I learned... I obviously learned the work for five years yeah, without yeah. that. Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, all I knew was that my teacher studied for over twenty-five years from her teacher, who was this very talented guy, American guy, chiropractor, if you will, who did primarily this this intense body work. Mm-hmm it was an amalgam, a mixture of sort of influences. That's when more of, uh, as you would say, sort of more of the culture started to, in just in the way the Maori are, without even saying anything, the rhythm of their body is different than mine. And so being indigenous, being from New Zealand, I could just feel the difference in rhythm and that alone is a teaching. Mm.
0: Can you expand on that?
1: Yeah, because yeah, I'm, very, I'm very sensitive. And, you know, it would be like, you know, if someone hung out with a Buddhist master who their energy was just so serene, you would be put off because you, you vibrate at a certain level and they're vibrating at a much slower level, you would be disconcerted because the reflection energetically coming back at you would cause you probably some panic. Like, how is they that calm? And you would start to go, what the? You'd like it on one part, but another part it would connect you emotionally and energetically in a different way than what you're used to. Being around the Maori were like that for me where I recognized um, they just, their rhythm in the, the way that they walked, talked, and worked was grounded, very grounded, but could work at very deep levels too, extremely intense, but grounded, and then laugh and play at the same time. Not serious, but then serious in a second and then back to play and then back to singing and then back to being cheeky and joking. And, but the, but I could feel in their bodies, their rhythm of how they were just was, uh, I could feel that there was teaching for me to extract Hmm. and learn from beyond any words that they were using, Hmm. you know, like, uh, what, what, what did you say? The land, their their sea, uh, the elders, hmm. entities, like none of these words were in my vocabulary. Hmm. Hmm. So. Yeah. yeah, that's so
0: true. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because for us, like Papatónuku, um, like, Tangaroa, like they're living essences, that inter- like um, the land and the sea. They're, they're actually living essences that dance with us every day.
1: And that's not a concept that uh, Western people have. So. You No, know, there's Westerners who are very into, you know, wildlife and nature. Mm. They would have a stronger connection with that language. But that's very specific to them. I go to the beach. I go hiking. I spend time in the mountain, but it, it's very different than the way the Maori talk about that relationship. It's way more sacred. It's way more of an intimate healing connection. And I, I'm miles from that mm. connection.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So to answer your question for people listening in the longest way, yes, you can learn the work without that. <laughs> but it's just a different depth in relationship.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. And, and my, my, this is just me voicing my concern, I guess, is that as a trainer, would be that if I didn't share that, that I hadn't done my job in, in communicating that, even though obviously people still have the shifts and the um, experiences in the same way, just because of like, similar to how you can't help but weave the chiropractic like, I can't help but weave my culture. Like, it just has to be there and it's part of it, you know? So I think we, it's beautiful in that way that, um, yeah, we all bring all these essences and, 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 and that way the practice evolves, right? It becomes this, like, moving, alive thing. And I, lo- I love that. I think that's really
1: beautiful. And it's, it's specific to you.
0: Mm. And how, how, how do you find that um, people there respond to, to the work?
1: Yeah, they respond well. Um, Physical pain is not a popular concept. It's not. The work is challenging. And, like I say to people, I've had hundreds of bodywork sessions, so intense, I wouldn't wish that on your worst enemy. I love it, but that was my passion to learn it at that depth. But what I tell them is if I got worked on right now, right next to you, we would both be challenged in the same degree. Mm -hmm. I've had hundreds. This would be your first. You would be just as scared as I would be. I just am more used to the feeling and it would be way more intense, but the challenge would be the same. So we're all challenged, whatever, two, 3% more than our comfort zone. And that's where the magic happens. You know, I do a talk type therapy for a living as well. I talk with my clients. I have only talk sessions sometimes People can see in therapy in LA, Los Angeles, as one can imagine, is very popular, talk therapy. But the idea of going to the body to receive a kind of an emotional, energetic therapy is unique, and that is my specialty in showing people that difference. So you can talk circles around a therapist, you can avoid talking about certain things, but when you're on the table, uh there's no there's very it's very you got to be really special to avoid it the body work is is um there's something special in that where it just connects you with the source of your conflict really fast it bypasses your cognitive languaging and it just goes bypasses that and goes straight to the source of your emotional issue Mm. through the physicality people can be a little sensitive to the depth of it. So as my mentor would say, oh, Harold's, he calls me Maori light, like, you know, I don't know, uh, Diet Coke, you know, (laughs) Maori light. Because he would explain to people, you know, it's like the black ops of body work. It's very intense and it's not for everybody. And then he would say, Harold sort of Westernizes it and he's Maori light, meaning I, I uh, sort of trained people in getting used to it and wanting more of it and getting comfortable. Mm-hmm. The Maori weren't exactly like that for many years. It was like, you're getting thrown in the deep end, swim.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: But, think, but just to explain to people, and I don't know, maybe to you, Gabrielle, things have changed a lot. Like Ata and Manu changed a lot over the years because people, people got the point faster. Mm-hmm. They didn't need it so deep. Mm-hmm. unless there was something specific all you know when pa- i i met the maori after papa joe passed just before just after he passed so mm-hmm. it, in the, in the beginning days it was very intense mm-hmm. and i mean people were laughing hysterically and raging and crying and it was powerful but you know over the last i would say 10 years the depth of the work didn't need to be so strong for people to get the point.
0: Yeah. And, and I've seen that as well with, um, I guess, our generation of uh, people who are practicing, like we've all, most of us have incorporated some element of the talk therapy to um, both tr- like, allow people to to change their thinking at the same time as they're having the releases so that it's actually lasting so that they're not just like, so you have a you have a lasting effect just from the bodywork for sure but some lots of people have been trained to understand what the frick happened to me right so by doing the both or and i find as well just sometimes bit by being like i've got this like some word on the table like coaching them on the table the release can also be bigger which was definitely not my experience um, (laughs) when i first began receiving that I was like, like allowed to process in that of being like nurtured into it. Uh, so I feel like my practice is quite a little bit more nurturing than I was first uh, introduced to also.
1: That's just who you are. It's, like I said, it's always, you know, for any practitioner or a new practitioner, it's like, there's no right way. Mm-hmm. Your personality is gonna be integrated into your practice mm-hmm. and you will have a clientele who comes to you because of that. There's something unique to you, like you're way more nurturing, then that's gonna be a part of your practice and people will come because of it.
0: But I definitely, when you were speaking about those quick shifts, I definitely relate to that. Like I can be really nurturing and then I'm like, (laughs) <laughs> that I feel myself shift into this like okay like I, I can't jump into that archetype now but it's a bit like boss lady you know like
1: like is that all that right, like,
0: shift that shit <laughs> like,
1: that's the Maori side to you
0: oh totally yeah, yeah especially as I guess women we're we're socialized to be soft and oh it's okay come on blah 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 but actually the thing that's going to shift is you stepping into that more
1: Uh, that's interest that's an interesting point you just brought up yeah being uh, women just being in their feminine and i'm no authority or have a credibility this is just my opinion so forgive me being nurturing is great and it could have its benefit but the feminine can be strong so i mean i'm more dominant in my feminine energy as a guy i have masculine energy it's strong but like i lead with my feminine energy but like Nurturing somebody can look different. I mean, you could be enabling somebody if you're being soft with them when they're full of shit. Mm-hmm. That's not going to help them. That doesn't look good in you or them. If that's your Maori side that like wants to cut the bullshit.
0: yeah, totally I don't and I find that that is something I um often have to talk to my mentors about is like I don't have very much patience for bullshit like and you know sometimes
1: that's, that doesn't sound like a problem to me. <laughs>
0: But sometimes with with clients, it's like, that's the first few sessions is just cutting through that. And it can, and it can be for me, I'm just really like impatient
1: with it. As my, as my mentor says, um, patience is the ability to put up with large amounts of bullshit before you do or say something about it. That's what the culture thinks is patient. Mm. That's not patient. No, that's great. Not putting up with bullshit. That's not nurturing. That's enabling.
0: Um, How do you find, um you know, like sometimes the things that people release on the table can be like quite Uh, old, yeah, yeah, or quite old trauma that they haven't even thought about in years or voiced to anyone and and it comes up in that moment. Um, How do you find, for for the practitioners, that that we hold that well for them and honouring that?
1: I mean, that's, trauma healing is my specialty. It's my passion. Mm -hmm. I, I like the subject. I think you're asking me how the practitioner deals with all the emotions that come off of the clients. That's one of my favorite subjects because I don't know, call it, what do people call it? An empath. I constantly have to work on not taking that on. That is easier said than done for me. This is a very deep subject for me, but the simple answer is and depending on the practitioner, uh, I could probably think of 50 things I do to clear my energy, to deal with that stuff, that subject, to not have it get on me, to, how to take it off. What do I need to do to protect myself beforehand? Knowing the type of client I'm about to see and getting ready for that energy, it's very specific. Let's say they have a lot of victim mentality. It's almost like you have to put on a little armor You can't just go in blindly. If you know an energy that you're going into a session with, you need to prepare, especially depending on the type of person and practitioner you are. You can't just go into a gunfight without a gun. You have to like be prepared. This is some intense energy. Be ready. I'm not saying you're going to like be this weird, aggressive thing. No, 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 no. Just be prepared. My mom and dad would hate this, but like I'd never go to see them without preparing to see them. I know certain energies that I'm gonna get, and it's like, okay, I love them dearly, but like, eesh, I have to watch out for it. That's a very intense subject for the practitioner, depending on how sensitive those energies that come off people are. No joke. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Depending on how deep the release is, regardless of how deep the work is, but regar- uh, how deep the release is, that energy is toxic. It could really sap your life force. You know, for me, I'll, I'll share with you and everybody this really intimate part. I have, let's say that I have this client, right? I remember this one moment, and this is the idea of this, this share. Sometimes I'm feeling things in my body that I don't even I, – I can something's happening, but I can't put to words. So I'm working on that connection of what I am feeling and being able to connect to it, put it to words, identify it, and put it to words, and then communicate it in one way or another. I've been doing this a long time. I'm still learning that connection. Like what is happening to me? What the fuck is going on? Is this my sadness? Is it theirs? I'm going through a hard time. Is it me? Is it them? I'm like, it's that kind of a thing. So for instance, let's, I remember this woman, this older lady and she's laying down. She's not a usual client of mine. She's much older. But she loves me and she, she shows up weekly. And so she's on my table and I'm sitting at my chair right at the head of the table. And I'm just sort of have the back of her occiput, just my fingers are there, just kind of grounding her and letting her sit down, lay down for a minute and breathe in the beginning of our session. And I swear to God, nothing makes me want to get up out of that chair. I'm like so tired. I like just kill me. I'm like, what is wrong with me? Mm. I have no idea. Until one day I said, hey, so and so, um, how are you doing emotionally? I I think she said something like, uh, I don't know, I think sad. And then something clicked. And I'm like, she's grieving. Mm she's so uh, compartmentalized in her feelings they're so buried my body is picking up on that activity and i am going to sleep Mm -hmm. and as soon as she started to talk about it and connect to it my energy started coming right back but it but as a as a new practitioner even seasoned depending on totally who you are and what you struggle with i had no idea
0: yeah yeah it's, it's interesting because i um do a, a volunteer shift at a cancer care place so i, I get um, body work for, for an afternoon fortnightly and when you were talking i was like oh my god because i get way more tired of working there like i can work here at home like all day and and i don't get tired
1: but then it's the resistance yeah, yeah. it's the resistance in people that causes the fatigue when people start releasing, fuck no, I'm not tired.
0: Yeah, yeah, It gives
1: me energy. It's inspiring. It's when somebody is resisting that I'm falling asleep. It's the resistance that's exhausting. Yeah, I really- it's happening in them and now I'm feeling it. Now, when I talk with people, maybe part of my special skill is I can hear where things are stuck auditorially. So when they speak... In my ear, I can hear uh, energetically where things are dissonant emotionally and energetically. So I can feel what's going on in people really fast, but the body work is a whole other story where it's a different connection that causes the pr- practitioner to be tired. And that resistance could be intense.
0: Yeah, yeah, I've definitely experienced it with other. Um other clients, but but I guess there it's more um, in a row. <laughs> you, right. you, know, you know what I mean? It's
1: like- I it it wonder it. how might that might be related to the condition. Yeah, yeah that is interesting. And then, For instance, we're talking about the body work. The body work is designed to cut, sort of address it. that resistance. <laughs> yeah, and and that depending on how that. much you want to fight, the work can be more intense. So I mean, that's a very basic way of explaining it.
0: Well, in my experience, there's no perfect way to explain this work. Like it, because it is so different for each person. Like every everyone, even though like we might be doing the same moves and like the releases have patterns, uh, the way that each person has woven energy within their body and the way that their body releases and like, the things that they are holding are so same, same, but also different. So there isn't an easy way to explain
1: it, I don't think. You know, it, it, people always ask me like what I do for work. So it it um, it depends on the client and the situation, how much time I have. You know, most people have had a massage where it feels good and it works their muscles, but it it's not specifically designed to connect them with their feelings. This work is designed to help you connect your phys- the physicality of the move, of the massage, to your emotional body. I'll, especially Westerners, I will just talk trash about us, just because it's fun. But a lot of people, no matter where you're from, have it separated. They have whatever's going on in their mind and their emotions, and whatever's going on in their body Two different things so the body work helps bridge that gap and connect where it helps them feel what's going on on deeper aspects on an emotional level and how that's relating to different aspects of their physical body that are hurting you keep getting worked on it peels these layers back off the body where you start to connect more intimately with deeper layerings of the body and what's going on with you energetically and emotionally So much so that a part of this work is kind of trauma healing related where if you have certain aspects of your life or your physical body that aren't working very well and you don't know why, typically it's some unresolved trauma stuck in the body. So while you are getting worked on this type of massage and your emotions are starting to be engaged, you start to connect to unresolved emotional traumas that are stuck in certain areas of your body and that's by design of the work and typically not just the the, the moves but the practitioner's intention is for is for that to happen
0: um, and, and I've always wondered I think it would be so juicy to receive an adjustment after Rumi how do how do people respond to that
1: for the most part it's just natural mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, some people have little reservations about adjust physical adjustments manipulation. No, why? With you, do you do adjustments?
0: Occasionally, but not not as a regular um thing.
1: Ata wasn't so hip. Uh, one, for everybody that's listening. You know, one of my one of my teachers who's Maori. She, yeah, she because and I understood it. I really saw it. You know, with my teacher in her environment, when she's doing her work with her energy, my physical adjustments are an interruption mm. in what she's trying to accomplish. Mm. But with my clients and my energy, this is just normal. Yeah. We got into trouble, me and uh, Manu, another teacher of mine who's since passed away about a year ago, who was my other teacher, Atta's sort of sidekick, we got into trouble because Manu just liked seeing me adjust clients. So he would work on them in their sessions and then he would go, Harold, do this part. He'd either want me to free something and do it, you know, a manipulation in that way that they needed some structural healing, or he wanted me to feel Mm -hmm. that there was a problem there. Mm -hmm. So we used to get into trouble. We were very cheeky with each other because Atta would be like, what are you boys doing over there?
0: (laughs) And have have you, I mean, I guess, one question that I have here, which I've been asking um, people is like, did you have a journey towards owning the label of a healer, but I know that you don't technically use that term, but do you see yourself as a healer or is it more a body worker
1: for you? Oh, God. (sighs) Good question. Healer, no. Body worker, sure. Chiropractor, sure. I don't know what I necessarily call myself. I know what I do. Uh, Healer, no. Because, well, even in chiropractic, you know, you don't use that word. The healer uh, is not the practitioner. The, The practitioner is the facilitator. Healing doesn't come from the practitioner. Healing comes from within. Oh, the, the power that made the body heals the body, as chiropractors would say. So you can interpret that in any language or any healing modality, but the, the body is always healing itself, right? Yeah, yeah. The body is always healing itself. Even if you never go to a, 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 any practitioner, the body is always healing itself. It's doing the best it can with what it's got. Mm-hmm. Now, If it's put in its proper position or alignment because something happened, it could work more optimally, but it's always healing itself. Mm -hmm. So the facilitator helps optimize that healing. Mm -hmm. Healers, uh, it's a weird word. So facilitator of healing, yes. (laughs) But that doesn't have a ring to it.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting concept, I think, in in terms
1: of that. At least for me that's how I think about it. Yeah, totally. what about, what about you? How do you think about it?
0: Well, I went, I've been through a whole journey. Like I think I I was I've been calling myself a healing artist. So it's like the art of healing, you know, learning all the different modalities. But
1: like that.
0: Yeah. So that's that's sort of the term I use. But I've been more comfortable with the term healer of late as I think I've been integrating that that label and, like, that role. And I totally always see it as a co-creation. Like, it couldn't... The healing energy couldn't be channeled through without me. But it also couldn't be channeled through without the... As you said, like, if the client's not co-creating with me, if they're resisting, neither of us is doing any healing. It, it's not It's not present.
1: Well, a couple things. Do you... Why don't you just call yourself Maori Healer?
0: Me? i uh, yeah, Because I relate to being Māori and non-Māori, because my mum's not Māori, so I try to bridge both. But is it
1: the distinction, Māori healer? Isn't that what you do?
0: Yeah, so I, I train Māori healing, and I, am, I do work with Rumi Rumi and Miri Miri, which are the types of healing. Well, like
1: if people say, Carol, what do you do? I would say maori trained healer and body worker and chiropractor yeah. but i'm not maori for me i guess being similar to this discussion we had earlier around
0: being maori and i all of us are healers like we're taught healing from a really young age so everyone even if we're not trained in the specific moves the actual way of healing and way of doing the, the um like the wider way around the way we live is taught from a really young age. So I don't see that as something that's specific to me.
1: Half and, you're half and half.
0: Yeah, totally, totally. I'm half and half. And you know how, if you ever see us, you would have seen this many times, like how we open, um, like that sort of thing is very much acknowledging all the things that have made you you and acknowledging all the energies that are contributing to that. And so for me, by in doing that i can't i don't feel like comfortable to use the word i'm a moldy healer because i feel as if i've got so many influences that aren't purely moldy. yet the foundation technique. of what i do is that yeah the technique is that for sure but there's so much more in terms of like who i'm meki to like who i acknowledge uh that isn't that
1: you know, I, I, of course i understand yeah i understand yeah, I'm just Pushing listening back. to how both personally maybe how you have conflict mm. and your cultural way that you talk about things mm. but even the way I explain that, there might be a cultural difference between Westerner and Maori, Australia that area, you might hear it differently
0: mm. No, totally, I think many things we do and, and- it's interesting because when you say about that conflict, I feel like that for me has been a large part of my conflict in stepping into this work, is like my skin color and you know, that I don't look as mouldy as like other people that practice it and things like that. Like that's totally. You don't deserve
1: me. the label and the
0: title. Exactly, but but I also
1: don't oh, that's right.
0: relate to that title either. Do you know Do you know what I mean? Like as I relate to artist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, for me, like these discussions are good discussions to have it, it, as an Indigenous person. So, you
1: know. <laughs> no, no. But you, you have a conflict of being half. Yeah. Whether it's your right or you deserve no. or something like that. No, I don't
0: feel that. I think I, I feel an uh, obligation to honour my indigeneity so my like my maori heritage i feel a conflict with my western way of being that is um, more individualized and then the more collective and uh, maori teachings and sometimes not not when i'm on the doing the work by any means but in the process of discussing and sharing that that those pieces can be fighting a little bit yeah, but I don't, I don't actually feel half. I feel more blessed than most people, to be honest. Like I feel more, um, like sure. I, I got more than most people.
1: <laughs> well, you got training got from both worlds. Yeah, yeah. I feel and, the, yeah. the integration process, there is some healing to do in integrating the two worlds. You, have, different, you have two different cultures that you're totally. brought up with. Totally. It's a powerful healing for you specifically to go through.
0: But all of us, like all of us who are Māori, actually, because we all grew up within two cultures. So we all grew up within a Western-style work-like country that was influenced by Māori, but at the time of us growing up, it was predominantly Western. So, So we understand the Western world very well, but the Western world doesn't understand us very well.
1: I, I yeah so there's there's integration process for probably everybody.
0: I feel that. And I this is a really good discussion because in my journey the more I own things that I do or the way I, when I'm in resonance with how I describe things it's like that cuts out an energetic loss that's happening in my work. So if I'm not like getting wrapped up if someone asks me what I do and I can explain it really clearly the, the energy is not stirring and then um going out towards my own ego or my own concerns rather than I'm just concerned with
1: that person. I had to integrate chiropractor with Maori trained healer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I had to break up my identity when I lost my license. It fractured my identity as a chiropractor. I was very new as a chiropractor. So it made it a little easier. But I, had, I was very proud to be called one, to be a part of this sort of group. Love being a chiropractor. I still do at my heart, but I don't have an identity as being a chiropractor. Mm-hmm. I don't really even have an identity as being a Maori trained healer. There's no like, like confusion or uh, conflict. It was intense before. Wait, what do I do with people? How do I charge them? So I charge by the hour. I used to charge not by the hour adjustments were 15 minutes an exam was 30 minutes. X-rays were this amount of time. Right? So yeah, that was a big integration period for me. So it's different. You have your own path to integration and I had, I had mine. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's right. I use the word trained Maori trained. Yeah whereas, like, body I, worker. yeah. whereas
0: like for me, it's been a lifestyle. Like I've lived it my whole life. So I'm not necessarily trained, but I am trained, but that, that doesn't relate to me. Do you know what I mean? Like, like for me, training is very Western concept and, and I don't feel like being trained in a Western way in this work at all. I, I love, I actually have used it as a work
1: for me. Too. Yeah.
0: I've used it as an example for, the non trainees that I have as a way that they could describe it. Because I think it's in a Western way and, and honoring not being indigenous, not being Maori.
1: Exactly. A
0: beautiful way to do that. So I
1: love it. In it, in it, in it it's it, it, branding wise for people who are always wanting to know what do you do? Who are you? Oh, you're not a, uh, I don't know, a chiropractor. You know, they they always want to know, uh, put you in a box so they can visualize what you do. So it sounds very unique. So that captured in the Western world, it would be different out by you. It would be another thing, more familiar. But here it has more of a, it attracts intrigue. What's that? So now there's a level of like attraction. That's all I'm looking for in a certain way, intrigue or curiosity to spark someone in a certain way. Then I'll go with it. So people are like, wait, what? I said, well, think like deep tissue massage, but you're also going to see your therapist at the same time through this body work. Really? I said, yeah, my clients, they laugh and they cry and they get pissed when I work on them. And it's like, Uh, an all-inclusive therapy all in one they're like whoa they're like Maori how do you spell that and that's the conversation (laughs) I was just thinking about the people listening to this like new practitioners or people have been studying for a while
0: yeah yeah and and on that that point I think though that business side of it as a practitioner you know deciding on how to charge and all that like is there anything you can think of that would support them from that place of maybe not feeling that they could charge or what, what does that mean? And like showing up for it.
1: Oh God. (laughs) I mean, I've been doing this for so many years, but I'm thinking about new practitioners or that conflict, you know, as you continue to receive the work and heal internally, especially value where you value who you are and what you do, whether you do it for $80 or $8, or you want to give a complimenting session, you know the, the value of it for yourself. And typically, yeah, you want to charge for what you do. The healthier I got, the more I started to charge, the better I got at the technique, the more I started to charge. I followed my teachers, structure and then started to make it my own mm. you know you start that's typically how you start I, mean, I
0: watched a thing um last night when you were talking about um doing media therapy and maybe not feeling comfortable talking you know sharing about the work or things like that do you, do you have any advice on that for others or want to talk into that space
1: that's a long journey. How, I, how do I promote myself? How did I get my first client? How do I continue to get clients? I was not very comfortable in the beginning. I mean, I was going through a horrific time in my life. I was emotionally a mess. And I could do what I do better than I could talk about it. So I'll tell your clients, uh, your uh, people this. I could do what I do better than I could speak about it. That languaging started to, I started to get stronger in my communication skills. But that was you know, sharing what I felt and communicating that effectively was not my strength. I handled everything physically. So I could do what I do better than I spoke about it. Marketing myself wasn't very good publicly. I was going through a horrific time of grief and sadness. And so, you know, I was very, you know, I lost my license and I've, I've been learning this sort of body work therapy what do I call myself do I say chiropractor anymore I was so fucked up so I could do what I do better than I could speak about it you know and everybody starts with their their sort of strength and you know some people are very good on speaking on camera you know on Instagram or Facebook and they do videos and they talk about their work some people are very comfortable in front of a camera some people are not in the beginning that's something I have to work on or creatively I work on it but that was not my specialty so everybody's going to build their practice with their clientele in a different way that's particular to them Mm -hmm. there's no right way but I will say once again it's going to sound cliche but it's based on who you're being so If who you're being is, I guess, in alignment or coming from a good place, people just seem to be attracted to you. So that's why, you know, being worked on is really important, you know, for a long time. I always know that if I keep my head out of my ass and I'm not like effed up with things that are bothering me in my life and I work on, I can do nothing about it going up there. But if I'm committed to keeping my head out of my ass and free and open, people seem to be attracted to me. They wanna know about my work. But when I'm in a dark place and things are sort of caving in and I'm not doing well, things close down, people cancel appointments, and I know that relationship my entire career. So my commitment is always in who I am being and healing and opening, and the rest kind of takes care of themselves. Sure, I practice certain things, Communicating, you know, what I do for a living that helps without just bursting into tears. I don't know what I do. (laughs) Come see me. I would even say to them, Look, I'm way better doing what I do rather than talking about what I do. Here's my card. Look at my website. I've said that before. I've said all kinds of things. And as long as I was being really genuine and honest about where I was at and not trying to hide my anxiety or whatever it was, it worked. For anybody new, you're going to build your practice, you know, specific to you. You might have strengths that, you know, Gabrielle and I don't have. Mm-hmm. Go for it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you're a new, okay, ready? You're, uh, you're a new student and you're amazing on Instagram and Facebook and you love being on camera. And you want to talk about your journey being mentored by Gabrielle. Great. Start, what do you call it? Um, putting videos together about what you learned that day oh, I learned this new technique. Oh, this is what I realized about myself. Catch you next week, guys. Oh, for those who want appointments, here's my phone number. You can start building a following that, I mean, I'm not good at that.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. And I love, there's two things I love that, in, in what you said, and one is like work to your strengths, yeah. like, like amplify your strengths because we all have different ones. And so then we'll serve more people in, in general. The, the flow on effect would be awesome. And the second is, I want to use the Modi word, but the wider world will always take care of it, which means like the way your spirit talks and vibrates will automatically guide the people towards you. So the, uh, if we're now similar to how we are talking earlier about clearing, that the more clear we are, the more layers we delay people can feel that like internal strength and they're like, yes, there's something there for me. And that's beyond words. It doesn't actually matter what we say.
1: You nailed it. So, the clients that have come to see me had nothing to do with my explanation. It always had to do with who I was being. And they just were attracted to me in some way. Or, my therapist sucks. I think I need somatic, we call it a somatic healing. I need something from my body. I can feel I'm holding on to something. Great.
0: Yeah. Just, is there anything you want to share either about your practice, how people can connect with you or, or any messages that come through to you before we close? Yeah,
1: certainly if you're in LA, feel free to reach out. Um, I'm sure Gabrielle will put my name of my Instagram or something. You could write to me if you're ever in LA. Uh, whoever goes to see Gabrielle or is being mentored by her, you're in good hands. Mm-hmm. She's a good ig. You're going to do this work if you have a passion for it. And if you don't have a passion for it, we're going to find out really fast. Because doing this work is not for people who don't have a passion for it. Because it's not easy to deal with client after client, week after week, with people who are dealing with some, especially these days, some intense things. And conversely, if you're passionate about it, well, then just keep leaning into healing yourself, learning the technique, learning some skills of maybe how to, you know, market yourself and things like that. But, like, you'll keep figuring it out. And besides, what's the alternative? If it's your passion like it was mine, you'll just keep figuring it the fuck out.
0: Mm. And the teacher will appear when you need it
1: teachers, uh, you know, different things that could help you with any shortcomings that you struggle with. But if you have a passion for it, that will account for, you know, pretty much all of it. But like I said, what's the alternative? So just stop complaining, just keep keep healing, keep at it, and your practice will grow. And, and then and make it your own. Make your practice your own. Do not try to fit into the mold of what somebody else does, that won't work. And including your personality, not just your technique, but your personality. Your clientele will be attracted to you if you're being congruent in alignment with who your personality is specific to you. So if you're a jokester, you're a jokester. If you're serious, you're serious. If you're nurturing, you're nurturing. If you're a ball buster, like you have to be congruent with your personality. So it's not just your technique, but who you're being you want if this work is channeled be it will start to channel you'll start it'll start to come through you you don't anything that's not congruent you're gonna have a problem and that's the healing you have to continue to do so just let your passion you know continue to light the way god i sound like a terrible you sound like channeling me (laughs) Okay, I'm I'm tired, everybody. I'm tired. I gotta go. Thank you, thank you. Welcome. Okay, so we'll talk soon. Yeah, all right. Bye, everybody. Thank you for having me on.